Hello, everybody, and welcome to Slasher, a delusional look into all things spooky, kooky, and terrifying. I'm Stormy. And I'm Adrian. And it's December, bitch! It's time to, you know, drink some eggnog, jingle some balls, and just, you know, (laughs) make snow angels and all of the Christmassy shit that you do during this time of the year. I'm ready to pop that pussy for Santa Claus. Yes, I'm ready to pop that pussy for Krampus, to be honest. Uh, Daddy? Question mark? Um, (laughs) But yeah, welcome everybody to uh, Holiday Horror Month. Obviously, it's December, so like, why not? There's like literally so many holiday horror movies out there. So we are once again diving into the realm of, you know, being stabbed in the eye with a candy cane. And I'm very excited, to be honest. Every month I'm excited, but just as excited as any other month. <laughs> I had a full existential breakdown at work, uh, thinking about the fact that we're almost done with 2021. Uh, so, and that means we're closing in on two years here on the podcast. Yeah, May will be our two-year anniversary, which is kind of mm-hmm. wild. That Isn't we've been- it? speaking into these mics for so long but uh, you know it gives me the opportunity to hang out with you every week and talk about crazy movies and have a good time so I'm always so grateful oh yeah always it's the most wonderful time of the year oh wow when is your album coming out uh, you know uh, Mr. Carey <laughs> <laughs> Michael Bublé is shaking. Oh, <laughs> I'm um, Bublé them balls. Okay, listen. <laughs> I am so excited for this month again, just to continue to talk about it. But like, truly and honestly, uh, Christmas to me at times feels scarier than like October and Halloween does. <laughs> so, like the horror or like the month. Like, the essence of it all. Like, there's definitely a lot of joy and there's a lot of, like, happiness in this month. Um, Maybe not for some of us that, you know, go through seasonal Mm. depression. Uh, But, you know, more times often than not, I definitely feel like that Christmas joy. I really enjoy it. Um, But at the same time, it all feels so, like, so fake. And, like, everything feels so... It's just, like, consumerism. It's just, like, so high this month. And just, like, Mm -hmm. everything feels a lot more sinister i think then we kind of give it you know the opportunity of being so movies like this and movies that we'll be discussing all month really play into that and i love it like i love it it makes me just so giddy and like that's the real christmas joy is like watching people get hit with santa's sack and their head getting knocked <laughs> off their head a sack you say <laughs> mm. Mm. So we're gonna be talking about sacks so much this month i know it oh my god uh i mean what makes that different than any other month uh, this sack is red and lined with like white fur. So it makes it like really, oh my God. Uh, there's an episode of the Golden Girls, the Christmas episode where Blanche is like so horny for Santa. Like anytime that she sees somebody in a Santa suit, like she literally is like, oh, like just foaming at the mouth. And it is so funny. And like the older I get, the more I just like realize that, you know, maybe Santa is hot. <laughs> Uh, good old Jolly St. Nick can come down my chimney anytime. So. <laughs> okay, so really, so oh, you know what? Okay, we'll get into the discussion. Like, 
I was going to ask a question about Krampus, but we'll definitely get into it. Um, and obviously this week, everybody, we're going to be discussing Krampus, the 2015 film. But before we do go into that movie, let's go ahead and kind of discuss, I guess, what's been spooking you really fast. Have you had the opportunity of watching anything this week? No, I my brain is so mushy for Riverdale that I cannot focus on anything else. And it's almost frustrating. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot watch anything else. It's like a giant car wreck. Like, you know, so hot. I, I never thought like sweet life of Zach and Cody was a precursor to like (laughs) my almost 30 year old dreams, but here we are. Cole (laughs) Sprouse is just the emo version of himself in Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, and it's everything that I've ever wanted. And (laughs) there's a redhead, just there's not a person in this cast that's like unattractive. That's like how you call Archie like the main person, the redhead. I don't give a give a fuck about Archie let's let's be real oh we my can, god I, <laughs> am I basic because I think he is so fine oh no he's drool worthy but I don't give a fuck about Archie like as a character <laughs> oh I don't think I care about any of those people's characters listen I have only ever seen the first season of Riverdale Duckhead's the only one I care about <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah I mean and there's probably a reason for that Cole Sprouse is very attractive they're all attractive like literally that show exists for no reason other than to put these people in like sexual predicaments and also throw you like a random twist every now and then. there's oh. drugs so many drugs so much trigger warning suicide so just what like I said it's like a car wreck like you're driving by, you're looking at like the mess and like, you're probably going to get into a car wreck yourself because you're being so nosy. That's how I feel. What season are you on? Uh, I'm on in the middle of season three. Not too bad. Do you, do you like first, uh, did you like the first season or the second season more so far? Mm, I think I like the second season better. Really interesting. Yeah. But that's, um, like kind of like Archie becomes defiant against like Veronica's dad and there's there's just a lot of drama and also Clifford Blossom's a pussy and like (laughs) we've we've have some lesbian love in season two into season three um yeah there's just uh, I'm annoyed with myself so I quite understand how other people would be in order with me with only watching Riverdale but you know I'll get past this fixation and move on to something else like for a hot minute it was daddy john from saw so give me a minute you know (laughs) I'm recovering yeah you're expanding your horizons and Riverdale definitely is something that will allow you to I'm not sure. I don't know if it offers anything that really somebody closer <laughs> to closer to my age range, a little bit more healthy, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know what? Again, I mean, don't ever feel bad for watching. You know, something that many consider to be shit. Because <laughs> I also like I enjoyed the first season thoroughly, 
and I just didn't go into the second season for some reason, as I typically do. It just kind of fell off, and I just didn't start it. And, but then, obviously, by the time that season was, like, wrapping up and they were moving into the third season, it's like, when all, like, the memes and people making fun of the show, like, really started. So I was like, maybe I just won't bother with it, because if they say it's as crazy as it, it is or as it's getting, then... I just didn't want to have to deal with all that. But the more that you talk about it and the more I discuss it with you, it makes me so like intrigued to watch it. I literally sat down the other day and watched like a two and a half hour YouTube video that was like deconstructing all the seasons and like where everything goes wrong and how crazy it you is. You literally how- could have watched four episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but I watched the entire thing and it like oh, it okay. literally went through each season uh, up into the fourth season I think or fifth I don't know I don't know I was high but they went through each season and like just explained the storyline how fucking wild it was they went through each character and like explained like what was happening and even then like I feel like I didn't get the full story so maybe I'll go back and watch it because it seems crazy and everybody's hot you know sex house baby so (laughs) yeah obviously I sat down for one episode and I'm three seasons in because I was like emo cool sprouts <laughs> <laughs> you can't help it archie the first time you see him he's shirtless so like everything's set up like from the beginning <laughs> so you know what riverdale knows what it's doing and you know what i guess it's doing well because it's already in its sixth season they're bringing sabrina in this season because they axed that show so it's still going it has life i don't know when it will end but you know it's the new supernatural they're gonna go 17 seasons you're gonna have to start from the beginning to understand anything uh-uh, i can't deal imagine if it goes that long mm. like i make fun of it constantly just because i know of how silly it gets but like the fact that mm-hmm. if, but if it were to like seriously go on that long then honestly kudos to them if they can keep the fan base going for that long the cw does that though because one tree hill um started out as a cw show um like there's a bunch of those. Dawson's Creek was that a CW show? You know, I'm not 100 sure, but it sounds like it was. Hmm. I used to really enjoy Dawson's Creek. Funny His, enough, the main character's eyebrows put me out. What? Oh my god, James Vanderbeek is so hot. He is so oh, hot. Okay, he's still so hot. He's hotter now than he's ever been. So, you know, Dawson's Creek. Maybe I'll give it a whirl. I think it just popped up on. I don't know, one of those mini streaming services, but it's out there somewhere. So if you're a Dawson's Creek fan, then it's streaming somewhere. I saw it <laughs> somewhere, <laughs> somewhere, somehow. Honestly, keep us up to date with like your, as we go week by week, like just let us know how it's going. Uh, okay, will do. So we can keep getting your updates. I'll update everybody with my thirst meter. <laughs> keep us up to date, because honestly, I'm very intrigued to see how this Riverdale journey goes for you. I want to know, like, if you're fully satisfied by the end of it, or how I'll far- never be fully satisfied till Jughead is in my mouth. But you know, well, <laughs> uh, I was literally about to go like on a huge tangent about like how. Like, I think I really was first so disappointed with, like, hearing about how crazy it got, because I loved the Archie comics growing up. I'm getting into the tangent, whatever. Here we are. I (laughs) loved the Archie comics growing up. I was so obsessed with them. I would buy them constantly. I collected them. I was obsessed with them. I loved the horror spinoffs. I loved the mystery spinoffs. I would read just Betty and Veronica spinoffs. I was obsessed with the Archie universe. I literally, I was, it was insane. So when I heard about this show, 
like I was looking up the cast and the actor who plays Archie when like the f- pictures first came out I was like oh he is so fine and so mm-hmm. like I was just so obsessed with it and then the first season was great and it definitely felt more akin to like the Archie like mystery series and stuff like that and I loved mm-hmm. it it definitely has like a uh, like a horror vibe the entire first season and I thought it was really really well done it was kind of silly even in that season and I mean there's a lot of issues that that show really puts into the forefront a lot of problematic things so just although I enjoyed it it still was a little off-putting but you know what hopefully they just continue to because honestly at this time if it just seems like they're leaning into it so I don't know hopefully it continues in a very fun way and I'm excited to see what Sabrina does I probably won't get to season six anytime soon if ever uh so i'll be keeping an eye out on the twitter sphere to see like what goes down because never mind i'm not gonna spoil because i'm pretty sure he oh, knows what you better <laughs> not stop 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 okay we'll move on we'll move on now we'll, we'll get to <laughs> riverdale uh we'll let stormy go on her weekly journey and we'll stay up to date and i will try my best to not ever spoil anything for her because i just get high and watch videos that meme riverdale make fun of the seasons so <laughs> uh What's been spooking you? Did you watch the Chucky finale? Oh my God. Okay, please. Everybody out there, like, do not attack me. I have not been able to get caught back up with Chucky, unfortunately. They, of course, had the first few episodes on YouTube. And then after that, like, it's just ceased to be on YouTube. And the good thing is I am very, very, very lucky that my sweet dear mother has DirecTV. And so if you use your DirecTV login, and I just use hers, um, to log into the sci-fi app, like I can go on there and watch them. I just haven't. I have so much going on. Like I'm watching so much, but it's so disappointing because that is like a huge show right now. And it is so queer focused and like so just everything about it is fantastic. And I'm going to get back to it eventually. I'm hoping this month and heading into next year as things kind of start to wind down a little bit that I'll get back into it because I also need to finish the I Know What You Did last summer show as well I have a few more episodes left there so I don't want to give my full thoughts on those two shows until like I can fully sit down and complete them all uh because I haven't been able to do it yet but it's just been we watch so many movies a month and like there's also so much tv that I watch with uh, my partner and with my sister and Dracula has been something that I've been eating up every single week. So everything's just been like really, really busy. So I hopefully can get the Chucky soon. Have you been able to keep up with it? No, I've been in the same predicament where YouTube <laughs> yeah. uh, fucked me over. It literally got me hooked. And then I was like, you know what? Suck a dick, pay some money. And honestly, sci-fi, fuck you. Because uh, <laughs> uh, like, the memes that I'm seeing and the art, like I already know what direction we're heading and like cast wise, and I'm horny for it. And we have a season two already that's been announced. Right, right, right. Already been confirmed. Uh, you didn't see it because you're blocked, but Devin Sawa. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, oh my God, I saw a tweet. Hold on, I saw a tweet the other day where somebody was like, uh... <laughs> I don't know what it was, but like, one of my mutuals on Twitter was like tweeting about him and they, I don't know what they were quote tweeting, but their quote tweet would just said, I blame this on Devin Sawa. Everything's Devin Sawa's fault. And I was like, we see each other. Cause I was just, <laughs> I was like, thank you. Uh, uh, but what did he do? What did he post since I can't see anything he posts? <laughs> no, he just posted that he was excited about uh, already being confirmed as season two. Interesting. Okay. So if he's tweeting about it, 
maybe it's my own personal vendetta, but I hope he gets got in the season. <laughs> I want to see him die. I mean, I guess we see him die in the first episode because he plays. Yeah, two literally, you already watched him die. So stop being greedy. I'm a greedy whore. So, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to see more. Um, but okay, so what's been spooking me? I actually watched a lot of movies this week. Um, surprisingly, I watched. Uh, the Fly remake from the 80s, 1986, for the very first time, the David Cron- uh, the David Cronenberg film starring Gina Davis and, of course, the gorgeous, the stunning, the sexy Jeff Goldblum. And I loved that movie. Have you ever seen that movie, The Fly? No, I've seen enough, like, media to know that I am scared of the... Um... The body horror. Yeah, the the creature in and of itself. Uh, that's a that's a pass for me. <laughs> the body horror is insane. It holds up so well. It is so well done and so well shot. It's well acted. Jeff Goldblum is hot as fuck. Um, it's great. And if you're into sci-fi horror and creature features, like it's amazing. And if we come to a creature feature themed month, I'm going to force you to watch it. So hey. it's great. I enjoyed it. Um, I also watched the first three Scream films. <laughs> I oh. watched Scream one through three this week. And they are amazing. The first and second movies are still just so iconic to me. And the third one, I watched it high for the first time. Um, and watching a movie high for the first time like really changes like the game. Because I've seen these movies so many times that when I watch it high, it gives me like a new experience. Um, so I watched Scream 3 High and it legitimately felt like a fever dream. Like I couldn't take anything serious, to be honest. Uh, the sounds that they like hyped up were so silly. Like the footsteps were so loud. <laughs> Everything was just very silly. And I made my partner watch it for the first time also. He hasn't seen it. He's only seen the first two. And like anytime something happened, he would just look at me and say, what the fuck? And I'd be like, that's Scream 3, baby. It's just completely wild. Uh, but I enjoyed it. Good times. Um, I won't get too much into those movies because there's so much to talk about with those movies. Uh, but the only other thing I watched this week was Gremlins. Had to do it. Krampus and Gremlins are the two movies that I make sure I watch at the beginning of um, holiday season every single year because I'm obsessed with them. So Gremlins was amazing. Love it. It's still so adorable and silly and the perfect 80s kid horror movie and I'm obsessed always. Oh, I haven't seen the Gremlins in so long. I really need to revisit. Oh, it's so, so good. It really is. Like it that just... really is Christmas horror, honestly. I don't know why we didn't uh, involve... <laughs> Eventually, you know, we have, you know, uh, uh, many more Christmases. Right, 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 right. Holiday right. seasons. <laughs> Exmases. Um, okay, so, but that's pretty much everything. I didn't watch anything else. And quite honestly, I'm just ready to get into our discussion on Krampus if you are. Hey, everybody. So if you're enjoying the podcast so far, definitely look into giving us a rating. It would be really, really beneficial. We're open to ideas and feedback. It really goes a long way. So go ahead and look into giving us a rating. Again, we're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and many more places. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the show. Alrighty, we are back, and this week we are discussing Krampus, originally released on December 4th, 2015. The film was made on an estimated budget of about $15 million. 
it would go on to see an opening weekend of about $16 million before going on to make a $61 million worldwide gross. The movie is an hour and 38 minutes. It's directed by Michael Dougherty. And I'm going to say his name wrong every single time. Uh, so I'm so sorry, Michael. Did it during Trick or Treat. Uh, but he also directed Trick or Treat, obviously, and Godzilla, King of the Monsters. The film was written by Michael Dougherty, Todd Casey, and Zach Shields. And honestly, has like a really stacked cast. We have Adam Scott as Tom, Tony Collette as Sarah, David Kochner as Howard, Allison Tolman as Linda, MJ Anthony as Max, Stephanie Levy Owen as Beth, Krista Stadler as Omi, and Conchaba Farrell as Aunt Dorothy. And obviously Krampus, of course, follows the story of a young boy who's having a very rough Christmas and things really don't get any better for him. After ripping up a letter to Santa, the young boy brings uncertain doom to his family as they are visited by Krampus and his goons. So Krampus. Um, overall, how do we feel about this movie? Um, I feel like it's so silly. Uh, it's so fun. Like, you still, I really enjoy, like, the creature design for Krampus. Um, I feel like it stands up. This is, I mean, this was only filmed in, like, 2015. So, I mean, it's not like it has a lot of, like, <laughs> time to age. But I think it, <laughs> I think that it's going to age well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, it feels like a zombie Santa with horns. And, like, I mean, I've been obsessed with Krampus culture for a very long time. Um, I have a Krampus beating stick tattoo on my ankle. Um, so I don't know. This is just fun. I, I enjoyed it. It's so much fun. I remember the first time that I ever watched this movie, I was excited because Trick or Treat is one of my favorite horror movies. It's one of my favorite horror anthologies for sure. And so when I heard that Michael Darty was going to be directing a Krampus movie, I was like, just up in arms. I was so excited. I remember going to the theater and just being completely like gobsmacked at what I was watching. It wasn't what I fully expected. Uh, Trick or Treat definitely has a lot of similar elements. He definitely has like a, a vibe with his films. So I definitely got his vibe, like the entire movie. And I enjoyed it, but I was definitely expecting probably something a little bit more gory, a little bit more bloody for sure, especially coming mm-hmm. off of Trick or Treat. But I kind of like that we didn't get that. Obviously, it was like studio involvement that really kind of nixed the R rating here and kind of forced them into a PG-13 rating. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of unfortunate. I hate when studios do that. Like, it's always just like a, you know, allow the directors and the writers to have creative liberty. It's annoying. Um, But I think they did well with whatever constraints that they were put under because it's still a really good time. Um, We still get a body count. We still get people getting knocked off one by one. And there's so much just like witty, quick dialogue that I can't help but like be obsessed with this movie. Yeah, I I wish I could like remember the first time that I watched this movie, but I'm pretty sure it's one of those things that I watched like when I was drunk and was like, well, because I remember whenever it first released, people saying it wasn't good. And you know how impressionable I am (laughs) to a fault, honestly. And so I remember it being like on cable and us, and I remember I'm watching it with Allison. So she was my roommate at the time. And she's like, let's just watch this. Like, we're just going to have it in the background. Like we're just drinking. It's cool. Like it's whatever. 
And, but like, I don't remember like what I thought of it. I remember the situation, but I don't remember like my final thought. Um, so I wish I, I wish I could remember my first impression, but I don't know. Like, it's really good. And like, I don't know. I'm going to continue to ramble on about like the creature design because based off of like other Krampus films that I've watched, like this is probably one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. There's definitely like an air mystery to it. Although like he's very big and hulking, um, it kind of leaves everything up to the imagination. And so I love it. And it also like, um, it also, I don't know the right word other than like respects, but it like, it seems very close to German culture, like the German description of Krampus. And so it just feels like true to true to form, true to tale, I guess. Yeah. And that's what I like about it. I mean, I always enjoy whenever like um, a director or a creator in general takes the creative liberty. Mm-hmm. Like I, I do like seeing people's interpretations, but whenever it's something like so deep rooted as like somebody's actual culture and like their stories and stuff like that, I do like um, them sticking to the stories more, if that makes any sense. Yeah, for sure. And with Krampus too, like the origins of Krampus and like the tale of the creature itself. I mean, the origins again are not like very well known or they're not like fully known. It's kind of hard to Mm -hmm. think exactly where, the story of Krampus like directly came from. Mm. Um, they do believe that it is uh, something that does take back to pre-Christianity even, um, which is very interesting because he's heavily linked with Christmas and Christmas is, you know, very big in the Christianity uh, world. So mm. the fact that the story itself even predates that is very interesting. Um, it's even thought that he had first been linked to pagan rituals and, you know, things that were conducted during the winter solstice. Uh, so it's very interesting. Obviously, though, I guess Krampus, as we know it, the myth definitely has its roots set in Germany or what would be modern day Germany. Mm-hmm. And initially, I mean, pretty much what we're looking at is alongside St. Nick, Krampus would travel to kids' homes and they would do their business. Santa would be, you know, the good guy and Krampus would be the bad guy. And, you know, would beat the shit out of kids, take them to the underworld, did whatever that he needed or did whatever it needed to do. I don't know what to pronoun Krampus. I'm just going to call right. it. I would say they. They? Okay. You know what? We're run with that. Um, but yeah, they would beat kids pretty much. Um, and like the story really kind of helped take, or I guess a lot of the more, like you were saying a little bit earlier, like a lot of the more modern interpretations of like the way Krampus looks really kind of came about in the 1890s when like Germany was really heavy on creating postcards that had Krampus plastered like all over them. Right. Um, so that's kind of where like the design kind of takes its shape from as well. So yeah, you know, just so much mystery kind of shrouds the story of Krampus like nobody really understands like the origins of it fully um so it's kind of interesting to see that it's kind of developed into being something that's very closely associated with Christmas and Santa Claus um I enjoy it I think it's fun to have an evil Santa Claus quote-unquote just because I don't know it adds because again Christmas already feels so sinister to me in like a weird way so it's nice to have like a sinister story to fall back on mm-hmm um, have you ever heard of like Krampus runs? No, I mean, I no. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. Um, I think that is like the, that sounds like the most fun thing ever. It sounds like 
the opening to Halloween Horror Nights, wherever they're like standing at the gates and then everybody starts chasing you and stuff. Um, because people literally in, I, I want to say Germany, but other countries um, have Krampus runs where literally people dress up as Krampus and chase you through like a 5K type of thing. Oh, my <laughs> And goodness. I would love, like, please... I don't know if it's like the primal energy of like being chased or what, but I'm down. It is definitely that. Definitely that. Imagine a hot daddy Krampus just chasing you down the streets of Germany. With his beating stick. With his beating stick. And mm-hmm. his long, <laughs> slender fingers that just, you know, ease in and out of any crevice. I gotta go. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I love that whole energy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it has like the terror. Very Hellboy. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Uh, this would be so much fun, though. I love the beginning. We get like the Frozen Universal logo, which is super fucking cool. And I love the crazy, almost Black Friday-esque scene that we get with everybody running through this fucking store, tearing everybody apart while fucking Christmas music plays over it. And it's phenomenal. It's so silly, but it just works really well. And I love the introduction to the movie. Yeah, it definitely feels like Best Buy has Apple, the the iPhone 13 on sale. Like that's the energy (laughs) I'm getting. (laughs) Have you ever been involved in like crazy shopping shit like this ever? Yeah, I went to uh, Black Friday on like at Walmart one time and that was wild. I've gone like two times in my whole life, probably. And I had a panic attack both times. So mm-hmm. I worked at Walmart during no, the Black Friday. Oh, man. Oh, don't, baby, don't worry. I slacked off all night long. Oh, I, good. Oh, good. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, nobody sent this to Walmart, but I, um, I forgot. I was working at one of the registers and it was like my break or whatever. And I would just, as soon as like my first break came, I just stopped working. I just walked around and like, was helping other people and was just doing my thing. Uh, but I surely went and grabbed one of the iPads that was like on a card that was behind the register and slipped it right underneath and waited to the end of the night and bought it for myself. Adrian, so, I'm sending to this Walmart corporate right no, now. Uh-uh. If this gets me in trouble, if I get like a letter from Walmart, <laughs> the podcast is shutting down, I'm done because you guys ratted me out. <laughs> you bunch of rats, rat behavior. <laughs> Snitches get stitches, bitch, and I will find every single. I will find who listens, and I will knock on everybody's door. But when TikTok was like, "Which one of you bitches (laughs) sent this to my mom?" (laughs) Only my energy. Uh, But yeah, that experience was so crazy. Like just working on Black Friday was probably one of the most crazy things I've ever done. And I didn't even do much. Again, I was just kind of hiding out and like watching things happen. But for the time I was on the register was over it could not do people were too much and this movie gives me the perfect vibes this is exactly how it was so we are then introduced of course to like our main family of characters obviously they have like the tip the typical like dysfunctional family vibes you know max is really into christmas still believes in santa low-key and everybody else just like doesn't his sister beth doesn't seem to care his mom and dad don't seem to care and the only person that really kind of shares his faith in the holidays omi his grandma. Oh my god. Omi's so sweet. Isn't she so sweet? I think she's so adorable. I miss I, that grandma energy. Yes, I loved her. She's so great. Um, but yeah, I guess like out of the family members, do we like any of them? Um, I like Tony Collette just because she's Tony Collette. Period. But like 
as a person, as a character? Um, no. So I, what I want to ask is, <laughs> um, who's catching these hands first? Like, as a family, like the whole col- collective. <laughs> I mean, you know, okay, you know what? Because okay, I so want to fight everybody, but like thanks. who first? You know what I mean? Like line up. Right, right, right. Yeah, because I mean, soon after this, I mean, we are then introduced to everybody else. Uh, mm-hmm. Sarah or Tony Collect's character, her sister, Linda, and her immediate family and, mm-hmm. and Dorothy. Linda's family is from Clovis, New Mexico. <laughs> They're the typical, like, Southern stereotype. They're ridiculous talking about their guns and their sports, and it's ridiculous. Again, we have Linda, Howard, Jordan, Stevie, and Dorothy, the baby, and the dog, Rosie. Um, but if we are, again, coming back to your original question and looking at who gets hands thrown at them first, it's going to be Howard. I'm going to take out the old white man first, period. I'm not going to hesitate. He will be the first victim in my no. onslaught of beating yeah? these fucking okay. people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who would you beat up first? These hands are rated E for everybody. So. <laughs> the kids aren't safe. No. I mean, the only one that's safe is Rosie, to be honest. And Omi, because I'm and, not mad at her. And the baby. No, fuck that baby. <laughs> I said, fuck them kids. Um, But the old ass aunt can suck my dick. Oh, you hate Aunt Dorothy? I love oh, Aunt Dorothy. Yeah. Aunt, Aunt Dorothy can drown for all I care. I think she's In her eggnog. <laughs> Why do we hate her? She's a bitch. She doesn't really do anything that's bitchy to me. No, she triggers me. I don't know if she reminds me of somebody I know. Like, in my family. I don't know. She triggers me so hard that I'm just like, hmm, okay. I guess at first she definitely has, like, the... Uh, like the bitchy aunt obviously she definitely has that vibe but i think everybody annoys me so much that she almost feels like the most like blunt and honest about what's happening Mm. she has a moment with tony colette where she's like your fancy ass food makes me constipated and i'm like (laughs) that was unnecessary (laughs) "Mm -hmm." and tony colette's literally like okay do you want to have christmas in your fucking trailer you white trash oh my god (laughs) she pretty much says that without saying it. pretty much and she just says it more with more cooth honestly see but that uh, pisses me off because then like tony colette's character in this movie and again we love tony colette like little everybody's favorite mom She's always she's always playing the best mom, uh, or she's always playing a mom in everything that she's in, and she's always amazing at it. But like, I definitely get the vibe that her family also is annoyed with her because she definitely seems like the type of person who's immediately like discredits where she came from and tries to act like she's not also probably trashy like them. She moved to Lubbock, Texas, and she's a different person. Oh yeah, she's different. You know, she married Tom or Adam Scott's character, and is like now wealthy and well off. And I can definitely understand why they would probably also be annoyed with her. But I mean, if I were to take sides, I would obviously take her side in this situation, I feel like. Yeah. Because I feel like also like her family's not trying to help themselves either. They're just settling for the small town ideal the small brain and sarah's just like i have bigger fish to fry (laughs) Mm -hmm. no it's true though like with these small time with these small town people and like 
You know, Some people just settle, be like, they do. get on the carousel and we go around and around until we fucking die. They do. They say this small town's perfect. Uh, these cows are perfect. Being racist is perfect. Like, that's what they're aiming for. And that's what they achieve every single day. And these family members definitely have that energy to them. Uh, but again, yes, I would definitely just punch Howard first. I'm always going to take out the white man first. The cis white man's got to go. The one that's talking about guns. The one that's making fun of global warming. The one that's commenting on them being Democrats. Uh, he's got to go first and foremost. The one that falls asleep and lets everybody get attacked in the middle of the night, he's useless. And I would surely throw hands with him first. After him, it would probably be the two girls, Jordan and Stevie. They can get punched. Because when they <laughs> so immediately they get it. when they start like picking on Max at the table and like stealing his Santa letter and like reading it in front of in front of everybody, first and foremost, where is the adult supervision? Why have y'all not taken this letter from these girls and like you know, sent them upstairs and left them up there for the rest of the evening because they're just staring at them while they read this aloud. And it's clearly bothering this poor Max kid. But again, Max has like some anger problems, it looks like, because he's like fully beating the shit out of some kid at the beginning of the movie. So. <laughs> right. That's how we meet him is he's violently beating somebody up in the middle of a Christmas program. So... I definitely get it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, in that moment, I was so annoyed with Why that. Why was there a full-fledged, like, Christmas program, like, at Best Buy, though? Yeah, I definitely felt like, <laughs> like, like the mall vibe of yesteryear. Like, the mall used to be the hot spot, you know, that's mm-hmm. where everything was. Because there was times, remember, when fucking Tiffany, the artist, was traveling to every single mall in America and fucking performing, I think we're alone now. So the mall's... You know, they used to be the hotspots. They used to have, you know, full-on concerts and shit going on. So I don't know what mall and I don't know what town they're in, but they're still, you know, giving them the fantasy. Uh, So good for them, I guess. Mall of America, I guess. Very Mall of America vibes for sure. Um, But yeah, so everything's really dysfunctional. This family's ridiculous. Uh, Side note, Beth's boyfriend having a candy cane bong is like my favorite thing ever. And I need it immediately. Yeah. Why do literally when I was watching this and that interaction where he holds that up and like invites her to come over, I was like, this is me and Adrian. This is me bitching about my family. And Adrian's (laughs) like, you know what would fix that? A bong. (laughs) How old do you think Beth is? Like, I fully guess she's like 13, but I don't know. I feel like they're trying to say that she's older, but she seems I think they're trying to sell that she's like 16, 17. But she gives me, like, 13, 14 vibes. They vary that. So, like, I don't know, the whole bong thing. And, again, you know, I'm pro-marijuana, baby. But I was like, she just looks, like, 13, though. So, like, it just felt really weird to me. Um, but, yeah, after that whole breakout of a fight happens at dinner, uh, he tears up his letter to Santa, throws it into the air, uh, come to find out he wishes that his family would disappear or something crazy on it, which then brings around Krampus. Um and the party pretty much starts, but I do want to ask you, I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember, um, I don't know if opening the wave until your childhood is going <laughs> to just cause us to Are we just, ready for this? It's, it's I just gonna, spiral and we end the episode right spiral. here. Um, how long did you believe in Santa? Oh, girl. Like, do you remember like what age you stopped believing in Santa? I have no idea. I want to say, I want to say it was fairly early. Because I don't remember being like, let's make cookies and put milk out. So I want to say that, like, maybe I never did, like, religion-wise. 
Because, like, I don't remember, I genuinely don't remember there ever being, like, a moment where we were like, oh, we need to go to bed because Santa. I remember selling it for, like, my little brothers. Okay. But I don't remember it for myself. But, like, also, like you said, like, (laughs) trauma maybe has blocked those memories. So, who knows? What about you? Uh, I... I don't know how long I believed in Santa. I feel like maybe around fourth grade is probably when I stopped fully believing, but I have a distinct memory of third grade. Um, And when we were in third grade, we would be on the side of the school, like waiting in lines. Each class would be in a line. We would just be sitting on the grass and we would wait for our parents to drive up and pick us up. Mm -hmm. So I distinctly remember in third grade, um, sitting down and like listening to other kids talk and pretty much saying that Santa wasn't real. <laughs> like there were kids oh, talking no. to other kids and they're like, Santa's not real. And they were just like screaming at each other. And like, I distinctly remember hearing that, but even into my adult life, you know, blocking it out and forcing it into the back of my mind has been a practice that's obviously, obviously been a thing since I was a kid. I remember right. hearing that, but I remember kind of just like ignoring it and just taking it off as like bullies, being bullies to other kids um, and kind of just like continued on with my fantasy. But I don't think it was long after that where I was like, yeah, this old man isn't coming to our house every fucking Christmas. So probably around fourth grade, maybe a year or so after that is probably when I really started to kind of stop believing in him. But I was the bitch who was like staying up as late as I could, making cookies, putting out milk. I surely was that little kid. So I loved Christmas time. I still do really enjoy Christmas time. Yeah, my daughter is in like the thick of believing in Santa. Oh, I love it. Um, she's spending Christmas with her dad in a different state this year. And she's very concerned on like how to reroute Santa. Oh, <laughs> so, I love it. Yeah. I love that joy. Like, I really do. It's so precious to me. I wish I could still believe in Santa. I mean, I guess I kind of still have like the essence of like, keeping that same energy like yeah to the holidays but it really is like such a time to be blissful I'm trying I'm genuinely like not to get into trauma <laughs> but like I a lot of bad things have happened in the month of December as I got older um and so like I try not to be a fucking Grinch but like I don't have a Christmas tree my kid's not gonna be here like I don't genuinely care for Christmas but I I do want to like buy a Christmas tree next year and like decorate and hopefully like get into the thick of it because honestly I do bare minimum and like that's the effort is only for my kid I definitely understand that um I remember not to get into trauma <laughs> um but I remember so distinctively having my first like full blown depressive episode. It was my first year of college. And I mean, the anxiety and the depression was always kind of like easing in and out anyways. But I remember like fully, like my first year of college, I quit my job at <laughs> a taco establishment. The box. <laughs> and um, like, so I wasn't working. And so by the time Christmas mm-hmm. break came around for college, it's like a whole month off. So I like literally had nothing to do. Like I wasn't working, I had no schoolwork to do. And I remember just like sitting in my room one day, like the first week of break and like just spiraling. Like I spiraled, I was in such a depressive episode for 
months after that. So I definitely understand, uh, you know, how depressing the holidays can be. But even now, you know, I try to I try to put a spin on it. I try to keep myself moving because I try to keep the energy that I had as a kid present. Um, I think that's really important. Uh, I know it's really tough, obviously, to kind of do that at times. But I do try to allow myself to enjoy the things I did as a kid, even though it's scary. I feel like I think that's a lot of people's issues, like being able to fully embrace childhood. Um, and Christmas is one of those things where like I was so obsessed with it. I loved it so much as a kid. And as I got older, like it really kind of fell off. Um, and def- that's definitely when, you know, the Halloween horror came out. Um, but I do, especially within recent years, and especially since I had a you know big depressive episode, I try to allow myself to be joyful during the holidays. And I kind of allow myself to, you know, just, I don't know, be as childlike as I can, because I think that's the way I get through this time of the year, truly. And holiday horror, for sure. Watching people get fucking ran over by a fucking Santa sleigh is cathartic, <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> um Yes. So steering away from our trauma back into Krampus. Um, so once Max, of course, cu- uh, cuts up his fucking or tears up his letter, throws it off into the wind, the entire neighborhood goes into blackout mode. You know what is so funny is the entire neighborhood is like fake. It's all CGI. Everything's CGI. Their breath is CGI. It's all just CGI, girl, which is crazy to me. Yeah. Whenever, um, I mean, it's a bit later, but whenever... The uncle and the dad like essentially break into this her the daughter's boyfriend's house. Okay. <laughs> Everything just looks very painfully fake. And it kind of takes me out of it for a second. <laughs> <laughs> well, 95% of this was like filmed on a sound stage. So like it's all just like sets. And yeah. It definitely feels like that. It like definitely doesn't feel like it's taking place in an actual neighborhood at times. Mm-hmm. But it also kind of, to me, it adds to, like, the aspect that none of this is, like, well, I guess it is real. But, like, I don't know. Like, the whole energy feels like they're put in, like, this crazy, like, twilight zone as soon as, like, the power goes out. So, to me, it just kind of adds to that feeling that they're, like, by themselves already. Like, they're already taken away from, like, reality and put into whatever hellscape Krampus is putting them in. Mm -hmm. Um, So, that it kind of lends itself to that, I guess. But it definitely is very obviously, uh, like, all fake. (laughs) But it's a movie, so whatever, I guess. Uh, But once everything goes off and the next day everybody's freaking out in the house because they have no power, no electricity, no heat. They're pretty much just stuck with 12 people in the house. Um, They immediately let Beth go out in a fucking blizzard to go see her boyfriend. And I was just like, why would you let anybody go out in this blizzard? But I guess they had that mailman pop up before that to give us the idea of, oh, yeah, maybe it's okay that they're letting her go out. But it's so fucking stupid to me that they let her leave. Yeah, I I don't maybe it's because we grew up in like sort of the south, but like the idea of like a giant snowstorm um just is scary to me. And like my daughter's surely not going anywhere, even to the fucking mailbox. So like yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just helicopter mom, but like that's not gonna happen in my house. I I the first time I watched this, I thought it was stupid. And this most recent time now for this podcast, I thought it was stupid. But they do. They let her walk out into this fucking blizzard by herself. 
And they're letting her walk four blocks in the middle of a blizzard. A blizzard. It's a fucking blizzard. You have no power. You have no heat. You can't see the neighbor's house. You cannot see the house across the street. And they're like, oh, yeah, Beth, go outside. Have fun walking to your boyfriend's house. I'm like, no. How are you going to warm up at your boyfriend's house? Yeah, no heat. So you're going to get uh, frostbite? It's stupid. It, it's yeah. stupid. But again, whatever. <laughs> so she is walking out. And I guess it does at least lead to one of my favorite scenes in the movie where we first get to see Krampus. Kind of, sort of. Uh, at a at a very far distance. Uh, but she's walking down the street. Also walking in the middle of the street. I know it's a fucking blizzard, but a fucking car <laughs> comes zooming down this road at any time. So uh, I don't understand. An Amazon delivery t- truck. Yeah, UPS apparently is making deliveries still, <laughs> so I would have, you know, maybe stuck to the sidewalk. But she's walking down the middle of the street, and as she's doing so, it gets dark, like, immediately. And Krampus just fucking lands his happy ass on a house that's <laughs> not too far from her, and then starts to chase her down the street while he's running across, uh, or while they are running across every single roof. The Beth is running down the street until she hides underneath a vehicle. Krampus lands next to her and then leaves her a good old jack-in-the-box surprise. And I think it's great. It's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah. We don't really get to see much of the jack-in-the-box thing um, in this beginning part. But later on, that is nightmare fuel. So scary. I think it's my favorite creature in this movie, to be honest. Oh, yeah. It gives me very Deborah Logan vibes where she just... (laughs) Sucking on that kid's head like the a lollipop. The entire time I was watching this movie and that fucking Jack in the Box was licking people up, I was like, what in the taking of Deborah Logan is happening here? Literally. Honestly, anytime I see a snake, I'm just calling it Deborah. Like, that's just what I'm doing. <laughs> Deborah, <now>. listen. <laughs> uh, but I enjoy it thoroughly. Um, do you think this movie would have been better with blood and like guts and like actually seeing these people get like torn apart? Um, yeah, but I'm a gore whore. So, like, I feel like that's not a fair, like, question. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm always going to say yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. The easy answer is yes. I wish so much that we could have gotten the R rating and saw more blood here. But I do like that it is PG-13 because it then lends itself to being, I guess, more of like a horror for kids kind of vibe, I guess. Yeah. Um, which I don't mind. It definitely feels like more of like maybe like a modern approach to Gremlins because Gremlins also doesn't really have a lot of blood, but there's a lot of killing going on in that movie. And although it feels very like silly and, you know, campy at times, it still definitely has that horror element to it. So I really do like that Krampus kind of feels like the modern, well, I guess what was at the time, the modern approach, like that same Christmas horror vibe. But yeah, I wish we could have just saw her get torn to pieces underneath this vehicle, personally. But that's Yeah. Me. I mean, I don't know about horror for kids, because Alita saw, like, five seconds, all of five seconds of, like, the scene in the attic and ran out of the room. <laughs> so <laughs> She's so cute. I guess, I mean, that scene's pretty intense, so I don't blame her. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but yeah, so Beth gets... I guess demolished by this jack-in-the-box creature. And after she doesn't return home is like when everybody finally starts to kind of take notice that something's it's after not right dark. here. 
<laughs> yeah, it's after dark. Omi is shaking. She's so nervous because Omi Tom is and- known. She done been new. She knows, girl. But Howard and Tommy decide to go try to find Beth. And so they go out and fucking Howard's huge ass Hummer to try to find her. And because of course he has a Hummer. Of course he does. But then they kind of go out into the wilderness to try to find her. And they see a snowplow that looks like it's been broken into. They head inside, again, Beth's boyfriend's house. And they see nothing really besides some footprints that look like giant hooves. And then by the time they go back to the Hummer, it's already been destroyed. Uh, Howard gets attacked and bitten by something inside the snow until Tommy shoots it away. So at this point, they're like, yeah, something's going on. Uh, Back at the house also, while they're running around, like they all hear like noises in the attic and like decide not to do anything about it. And there's like a loud thud and I was like, why are we not like squirrels? <laughs> yeah, they laugh it off as like squirrel, or they try to like just push it off as squirrels. And like nobody decides to do anything. And I understand it's the women and the children in the house, but baby, no. I would have fucking went and found that axe that Tony Collette has later on and fucking just went up there and sort of wailing on things. Cause clearly something's not right here. Well, those are some fat ass squirrels. Some fast girls for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, by the time they get back to the house, everybody's panicking, everybody's freaking out. Um, the adults try to hatch a plan to try to get to the snowplow that Howard and Tommy see earlier and try to get to safety if they can. Um, there's a very funny scene though when they do come back to the house and they put the kids into the kitchen with Aunt Dorothy and she starts giving them like her alcoholic drink. It's very funny to me. I know you hate her but I laugh at everything she does in this movie. I love the line when she talks about when they tell her to go hang out with the kids in the kitchen. And she's like, I don't like kids. I didn't even like kids when I was a kid. And I was like, same girl, same energy <laughs> for me. Um, but it's You funny. love my kid. I do love your kid. But <laughs> okay, well, kids are okay. But like for me personally, I couldn't. Because honestly, like even in this movie, when like they're freaking out that they couldn't find Beth, I don't know how Tony Collette isn't like fucking crying like she was in Hereditary. Because if like I had a kid and they were missing out in a blizzard, like I don't know how I would be even be able to like sit down and like function properly. Like I would fully have like a full blown panic attack. So like I said, my child's not leaving the house. There's a flake on the ground. The little clouds look like they're thinking of snowing and Alita's going to be home. (laughs) so funny uh but as the family hunkers down in the home they decide that saying put is what's going to be the best bet uh so we do see a lot of love from the characters to one another you know they're opening up and you know what better way to start loving your family and respecting you know people than to be put into a dire situation um but they are pretty much going to take watch howard decides to stay up first and he is useless as fuck he falls asleep probably immediately everybody falls asleep and their fire goes out and as we've seen by omi she's been constantly poking at the fire keeping it lit um she tells everybody to keep the fire lit that she can so i don't know why she fell asleep if i was omi and knew that krampus was real i would stay up all night long and make sure that fire was going but that's just me i guess she's old and tired girl she's been doing this for 70 years (laughs) (laughs) she's been going through her i mean she's been having of course she's thrown back into her childhood every time christmas comes around relatable and i mean i don't know again tell howard then i mean i guess he's useless but like 
they just let the fire go out. And that leads to full-blown shenanigans to happen. Um, the fucking gingerbread man comes streaming down the chimney with a fucking hook. And they end up convincing or tricking Howie, who's like Linda and Howard's young boy. He like doesn't speak at all, like this entire movie. Um, but they trick him into coming and getting hooked up and taken up the fucking chimney. And like the whole town, uh, the whole family freaks out. They try to save him. It doesn't work. The tree burns down. It's chaos. Chaos ensues. That's when the adults make their plan to try to get out of there. But then St- Jordan and Stevie proceed to go upstairs and then walk into the attic when somebody's calling their names. Um, again, in this situation, I don't understand why you would do that. It doesn't even sound like their cousin. At all. <laughs> so you're just a dumbass. That's all I'm going to say. They're dumb. And they go up there and pretty much shit just hits the fan. And that's when we get the crazy scene in the attic. And uh, uh, Linda, Beth, or Linda, Sarah, and Tom are attacked by a, an assortment of Christmas toys. We have an evil killer bear. We have the Jack in the Box uh, that is like a snake incarnate, Deborah Logan ass. Uh, we have this weird, like, angel demon winged porcelain like an- doll. It's like an angel demon owl <laughs> is the best that I can say. I have no idea what it is. Uh, we have an evil robot that pops up. Uh, so we have a lot going on in this attic scene. Um, so what's your favorite creature then out of all these Christmas toys? Mine's the Jack in the Box for sure. Yeah, I think the Jack in the Box too. It is so creepy. When they go up there and they see it like eating, I think it's Jordan that it's eating. Um it's terrifying to see her little feet go down that poor thing's mouth. It is so unsettling. And the way they react is perfect. The adults like just start freaking out and it's great. And it's just so terrifying. Yeah. I don't, I think I would be okay with the robot. Oh, that bitch would get smashed like Chucky. I would not like that. And the bear also, I don't care how sharp your teeth are. I would make you look like a fool. If that little bear came running at me, we're not going to fuck around. Demon wing owl bitch would have yeah, made. I, I would have. I mean, I don't like her design. Yeah, um, it's the worst creature design. I feel like I don't know what's going on there. I don't know what's. Dude, whenever idea. it tackles Tony Collette and is pinning her down and it's pointed little tongue, it's like. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, I started laughing at that point, but it's just. Is that supposed to be scary? Oh, I <laughs> simply would have putted that bitch into the fucking field goal and scored our team three points. Like we would have taken home Sport. the yeah, sports reference. I would have we would have taken home the fucking Super Bowl trophy. I don't know, but that bitch would have been punted. It's just like so stupid. That bear, that fucking angel demon thing, and that robot would have been nothing. And Linda, honestly does it once she sees that her daughter is still alive uh stevie at least is still alive she takes action she stabs the little bear in the eye with like an icicle and just tosses it to the side and fucking knocks out the fucking bat witch because that bat thing is like trying to hang tony collette (laughs) yeah that was wild also item scott getting like attacked by this evil robot and then like it's just poking at his back i mean i'm sure it hurts i get it but <laughs> like he's fully incapacitated because this yeah. little robot's on his back and i was like sir we are not doing this are we it stabbed into his spine <laughs> i mean i guess the nerve damage is uh working overtime girl but it just seems silly to me but that it the the, the jack-in-the-box thing the way it moves its arms and like 
its head is so creepy. I don't know if they had like an actual actor in like a suit or what was going on there, but it was very unsettling. Yeah, no, hard pass. It it, it like asks for a hug later on, like whenever all the other creatures start showing up. It's just all excited and like waddles towards. And like, honestly, that part's kind of cute, but (laughs) I don't like it. I was going to say something about like the angel demon thing. Like the only thing that like, I don't think that I would be able to just like genuinely punt it and be done with it is that it has wings. Like if it was just walking, yeah. Ripped off. Ripping them off. I don't give a fuck. Not you maiming this angel. (laughs) I listen again. It's just a horror fan in me. I am prepared to fight it any second. And (laughs) knowing my luck, I probably would (laughs) fully Jason takes Manhattan. I would get my head punched off by Jason if somebody really came <laughs> and like was trying to threaten me but in my head I'm like I'm so prepared I would tear apart anything that came into my house but I know that wouldn't be the case but seeing these little creatures and these little toys running around like I just feel like I could beat the shit out of them all um so I'm keeping that energy besides the jack-in-the-box that thing is fucking creepy and I probably would it's just... also very large yeah, it's, well because it's eaten at least we know it's eating Beth it's eaten Jordan at that point. Um, it Who's probably Beth? <laughs> the, the sister. Oh, right. It eats her outside. Okay. okay she okay. has like three scenes, so it's not a big deal. No, <laughs> I forgot that he ate her outside. And so I was like, mm-hmm, yeah, got real big after. It's very nutritious. But uh, I was thinking like in this scene, and I was very confused. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, it eats Beth earlier. I mean, we're only to assume because that same box is left by her. So I'm assuming it ate her earlier. Um, But while they're getting attacked upstairs, uh, Howard is getting attacked downstairs by the fucking gingerbread men. They are so funny to me, those little gingerbread men. They're so cute. They're just little shitheads. Like, if I was to be one of these, I would definitely be a gingerbread man. (laughs) Same. It's so cute. I love them. They're so hilarious. Um, But they do die off pretty easy. And Rosie is the MVP coming in and eating one of them up. I love it. Mm -hmm. All I could think about is, like, the gingerbread man from Shrek, where they're, like, holding him down. They break his legs. I'm not my crumb drop buttons. The gingerbread, uh, the gingerbread character in the Shrek movies is my favorite character. I don't know why. He's my favorite, though. Literally. I sit at work and literally quote Shrek, like, all the time. It's a, it's a good movie. Sometimes I'll just be sitting there and I'm like, do you know the Muffin Man? <laughs> that is my favorite scene. Uh, I told you. I, I think that's the what made Muffin me huge Man. <laughs> <laughs> I also felt like he was really queer coded maybe as a kid. So maybe that's yeah. why I was drawn to him. Uh, but I loved Little Gingerbread Man. He's so cute. Honestly, Shrek's a vibe. Like we get like interracial relationships and like there's so many like underlying themes in Shrek. <laughs> I love Shrek. I love those movies. It's a vibe. It really is. Uh, but because of that, I love these little gingerbread man yeah Yeah. they're so cute they do die off very fast i wish we kind of got more of them um i quite honestly wish we had more of the creatures all together in this movie yeah we just get flooded with them in like the last like 20 minutes and it's a lot the last 30 minutes is like completely dominated by the goons and krampus which is fine i mean the movie's called Mm -hmm. krampus but i wish we had more 
of them. Like, I definitely understand that they were trying to set the story as being like the traditional family dynamic. Mm-hmm. And there's 12 fucking people in this house, um, including a dog. So I definitely understand them trying to, you know, stick to these characters and still have there be development and still allow these actors to portray actual people. And that's perfectly fine. Like, again, I, it's not like I care too much about these characters. So it's not like they really put so much effort into making us care about them. Um, so I don't like, I wouldn't have been upset if we just like were getting more monsters and more, you know, evil toys than we were seeing them, you know, try to like mend their relationships. Mm-hmm. Cause they're not like really people that I care about like at all. So yeah. like, I didn't like, and I don't mind it. And I love Tony Collette. Like, and she's probably obviously like my favorite adult in this movie, probably. Um, besides Linda, I also really, really, really enjoy Linda. I love the actress that plays her, um, Allison Tolman, because I've been watching Good Girls and she's mm-hmm. insufferable in that show, but like in a great way. So I love her as an actress as well. So I really like them. I don't mind their little dynamics when they're talking about their mom and stuff. Um, I really like Omi. So I do like that we get a lot of her backstory as well. I don't mind those things, but I just wish we would have had more like creatures. I really enjoy them. Like, and I wish we could have saw more of them. And I feel like I got a glimpse of a couple of them that like looked interesting to me that we really didn't get to see. We really didn't get to like experience because they kind of just rushed the end scene. Yeah, it did feel really rushed the last 20 minutes did. And before like any of this like craziness happens is when we do get Omi talking about her childhood, um, her small village in Germany where everybody was pretty much like over the Christmas spirit, including her family. She also was over it, leading to Krampus coming in the middle of the night and taking them all away and leaving Mm -hmm. her nothing but a bell uh, with his name engraved on it. So you know, we do get to see, and I love that scene. I love the animation there. Um, yeah. I think it's gorgeous and I love it so much. It's like one of my favorite parts of the movie. I do laugh when Dorothy also, when Omi starts speaking, when she goes, mm, English, I knew it. <laughs> Condescending ass bitch. <laughs> that fucking sent me. I thought that was so funny. Once this all breaks down in the attic and they come downstairs. I mean, that's when the movie pretty much sets itself up for the final act. Um, they sent off Max. I would fucking just, I wanted to punch this kid in the face for allowing this poor dog to go into the vents and be sacrificed to this fucking snake like Jack in the Box. I was so sad. Yeah, I always hate whenever the dog like dies, but also like. Oh, have you seen P2? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. Mm, okay. I know. Next week, I, I guess. Um... <laughs> but like, he was trying to help and like the dog wanted to go into battle. It's not like he had to shove her into this hole. A dog will bark at the empty corner. I don't give a fuck what the dog is wanting. It okay, is not if my children are dying, I'm <laughs> sacrificing Peter. I don't know what to tell you. I would never. Mm-mm. Okay. So that pissed me <laughs> off. And I was so annoyed. Um, but after that, after the dog gets eaten by this thing, it crashes through the roof. Um, and Aunt Dorothy does get her little moment to shine because she ends up killing the bear that pops back up. And <laughs> the way they throw that angel into the air like it's a fucking, <laughs> like it's a fucking target disc. <laughs> Perfect. 
she mm-hmm. kills it as well and it dies and just before she can shoot the fucking jack-in-the-box in the face the elves pop up they blast through the door and send her flying <laughs> whenever they started the ant starts shooting all i could hear in the background is like the guitar to sweet home alabama <laughs> <laughs> definitely her vibe like you know she acquired these skills by being from the south oh yeah she you know she taught everybody how to shoot she's uh fully uh annie oakley she's ready to roll she was annie oakley when she was a child she said back in my day She's hilarious. Honestly, I love her dialogue. I love our early in the movie too when she talks about Martha Stewart throwing up in the kitchen. Such a bitch. I love it. <laughs> I love it. But it's probably because I'm the type of person who's gonna just like walk into like my family's dynamic and immediately be the bitchy person because that's who I was as a kid. Mm-hmm. But that's because I couldn't stand like most of my aunts and uncles. So I would be the one that would surely go in and start making bitchy comments because I like to piss them off. But that's just me. So maybe that's why I enjoy her so much. Because she definitely gave me me vibes at Christmas, at least. <laughs> Remind me to never invite you over to my Martha Stewart <laughs> kitchen. But yeah, anyways, the elves come in and like destroy everything. They take the baby. They take Aunt Dorothy in the most <laughs> stupid scene. And it's the most stupid moment I've ever seen in like any movie when she gets like whipped back in that ridiculous sound place. I cannot mm-hmm. deal with it. It is so hilarious. Dude, whenever they took the baby, I legitimately was like, they took the baby. (laughs) Like, for some reason, I wasn't expecting that. (laughs) Straight out of the movie. They just grab that baby and it's gone. Um, And then Howard, like, jumps on top of the fucking jack-in-the-box and gets taken away as well. It's a hot mess. Yeah, as he should. He deserved to die. But at this point, it's when we do get Krampus because the elves come in and they completely put out the fire with, like, the little sand that they have um mm-hmm. and as the family's leaving omi decides to stay behind and i really enjoyed like the <laughs> omi locks them out she locks them out and i love this scene i love that as soon as the fire is fully put out krampus has like uh the christmas music playing he turns on the radio right away he crawls down this chimney he's breaking the fucking foundation of this house as um, they do it and I love it I love the way that it comes out of the um, I love the way that they come out of the chimney I love the creepy claws I love the big hooves um, apparently the face is like a mask mm-hmm. uh, yeah so Michael Doherty's definitely said that uh, it's like a Santa like appearance obviously but that way like we don't really know what Krampus looks like and it's super fucking creepy and I love this scene yeah, the mask looks like Santa and then a zombie from Scooby-Doo Zombie Island had a baby. Oh, the perfect example for sure. Definitely gives me those vibes. <laughs> I love it, though. I love this moment with Omi because um, she really thinks that she's about to do something and he just like... She thinks she's that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> she thinks she's saving her family. <laughs> this is the boss fight that she's been waiting for for... <laughs> For 60 years and and he said you're nothing to me you're the dirt beneath my hoof and i'm gonna fucking 
sick. <laughs> my, my little toys on you. And it makes me feel bad because I wanted them to have like this big moment. And I wanted her to I want like, a boss fight. I want I did. Only I want to her like, to rise up pull. like in the matrix and start <laughs> kicking him by kicking Krampus in the face and just going to town. And like she's like been trading her whole life. And she whips <laughs> out like Jade from Mortal Kombat. She just whips out this big spear, and just fucking starts boom, boom. And I would have loved it. She took off her coat and she's like in a sexy tight corset <laughs> outfit and like randomly had a pair of high the armor's on. like the nipples are down to her belly button the armor has nipples on it <laughs> <laughs> that's what i needed i needed that fantasy and i needed krampus to take off his fucking big ass coat and just like stand up on his legs and literally just full on mortal Kombat and them just battling in this house would have been badass <laughs> it reminds me i've never <laughs> seen that movie but i've seen images of the fucking krampus versus santa movie that they have have you seen those pictures I, yeah. needed, I needed that vibe. I need her to fully mm-hmm. like. I need her to be. I, she should have put on a Santa hat <laughs> and just fucking instead of like the Jade Spear, she puts out like two huge like fucking candy, candy canes, canes and just starts yeah. like fucking nunchucking and like attacking. <laughs> I would have loved it. I needed like something. We went like that. two different vibes with that because I was picturing like she's full Laurie Strode and like pulls out like a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> it just starts fucking wailing on them mm-hmm. i needed that though um for sure i was definitely hoping that she would have her moment to shine and now krampus is like you are literally nothing to me you are just a speck in the universe and i'm gonna kill you like everybody else he's like who are you <laughs> <laughs> does but not remember uh, but it's great. Uh, like the movie is so gorgeous. I love the way just the atmosphere sits in this scene. I think it's so stunning. And I love Krampus's little like long fingernails just poking at Omi's face. And it's amazing. But the movie pretty much just ends after this. The rest of the family members get drug off one by one. The adults all get sunken and taken into the snow, leaving Max and Stevie by themselves in the snow plow. But the elves come and take Stevie off and Krampus ends up stopping Max and giving him his little present of the bell wrapped up in his ripped up Santa's letter. But Max also thinks he's the baddest bitch and chases after Krampus and thinks he's going to save his family by <laughs> sacrificing himself because Omi was constantly talking about sacrifice. But at this point, I with Krampus girl we're on the same page just that evil sinister laugh when he's like take me like it just makes me laugh I feel bad like the first time I watched this movie like I felt so bad for him uh but the more I watch it the more it makes me laugh that Krampus is just so fucking evil and doesn't give a fuck and like just like flicks his tear off and laughs in his face it's so it's so demonic and I love it honestly Krampus is that bitch honestly uh daddy krampus um Mm. (laughs) they toss stevie into the pit to hell they toss max into the pit to hell and the ending of the movie is so clearly like fake from the jump it is so like overly bright and everything is so white and crisp and clean looking but max wakes up he's with his family on christmas he he gets his wish they're going to be together forever but they're going to be together forever in the snow globe in krampus's lair and that's pretty much how the movie ends everybody's celebrating they're all happy go lucky until max unwraps his present which is krampus's bell and, like everybody in the fucking house just like stops in their tracks and they all just like stare at the camera and it pans out they're in a snow globe in hell, pretty much. <laughs> and that's how the movie ends. I love it. Do you like the ending to this movie? Oh, yeah. Because it feels you get like that small glimmer of hope for like 2.5 seconds until you're like, this is a trap. 
yeah i love it i love how dark it is i just love how dark this movie is altogether yeah because i hate horror movies where there's a like a happy ending like where they kill the entity and everybody like gets to be fucking with their loved ones that annoys the fuck out of me if i'm gonna watch horror you need to die somebody needs to die you need to be sad for the rest of your life because that's i'm not here for your happiness you know what i mean Mm-hmm. Misery loves company, and that's why. <laughs> <laughs> Bury that. Uh, but yeah, I love the ending. I love the twist. Um, and I love that there's just like so many snow globes in this little layer that Krampus has. So he's just doing this every year, obviously. And it's great. I love it. I love everything about this movie. I think it's phenomenal. I think it's silly. I think it's well acted. I think uh, the direction's great, obviously. It's very horror, uh, it's very dark fantasy. Um, it's very comedy. Um, it ticks all my boxes, and I just really love it so much. And also, one of the gingerbread men are vo- is voiced by Seth Green. And oh. for some reason, that makes me, like, love them more. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, I love that. I love Seth Green. Oz from Buffy the Vampire Slayer is how I mm. will always look at Seth Green. Um, so I love that. He's in the second Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs> Uh, true in the second Scooby-Doo movie an icon <laughs> anybody that's in the Scooby-Doo movies is a legend to be honestly every episode I'm guaranteed we're guaranteed to bring up Scream Scooby-Doo and Second Dick <laughs> <laughs> speaking of Second Dick is Adam Scott a hot I can't tell I in Parks and Recreation, he was so hot to me. I, I just he was he was so hot to me. And Leslie Notebook was always making jokes about his little butt in his slacks, and I loved it. Um, and this movie, the beard doesn't do it for me. Like it doesn't to me, it doesn't sit right on his face. But that's just me personally. He gives me very like um, his character from Step Brothers. He feels like he's still him. You I've never seen I mean? Step Brothers. Like in this movie. Yeah, he's like a bitchy, like asshole brother, like better asshole than you. brother. Yeah, like makes fun of his brother, even though they're like in the his forties, and he makes his family sing uh, "Sweet Child of Mine" like oh. while they drive in the car. But like he like bullies his wife for like not singing on key. Oh, yeah. So like he just gives me that vibe still, and so I'm like, I think. I don't know. I think it's just his aura, like the way he carries himself in this movie, like is a turn off. But like physically, yes. Question yeah, I think yeah. he's cute. Like in a very, you know, basic white bread way. I think he's really cute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, again, we've said it many times, but obviously shout out to Tony Collette. This is the second time that she's popped up on uh, Slasher. Hey, hey, fuck it um, up, fuck it up. Again, second. everybody's favorite mom. Yeah, we talked about her in Hereditary and that was it. I think we talked about, oh. No, we just talked about, um, we just mentioned the Clue knockoff in passing. Not the Clue knockoff. I love Nizop. That's genuinely what it is. But it's not. Mm, Okay. Anyways, Tony Collette's a queen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, a queen, a legend. She doesn't do much in this movie. Uh, She is a little bit cool when they're in the attic or like when she grabs her axe and stuff. She gives me some badass energy. Mm -hmm. Always the badass mom. (laughs) Um, But the adults are kind of basic in this movie. Everybody's kind of basic in this movie, truly. Yeah, this movie's basic. 
It is. It's pretty basic. Again, I think the strength obviously lies in Krampus and his little goon and their little goons. And I kind of wish we got more of that, but it does not take away my enjoyment for this movie. It doesn't even bother me that we're stuck with these characters because quite honestly, I enjoy all of these actors um, enough to like give it a pass. Like I don't mind seeing Tony Collette on my screen. I don't mind hearing Adam's uh, Scott talk. I don't mind seeing Linda talk. Um, Howard. David Kushner is probably the only person I could care less about, but whatever, he's serviceable. So I love he it. He plays the same character in every movie. Yeah. And again, like, if you know your niche, like, I, I guess stick I with guess. it, but whatever. The music's great. The composition's great. The score is great. It's so much fun. Like, truly, Krampus is like a Christmas essential at this point for me. And if you haven't seen it, I mean, definitely check it out because it's well worth it. Yeah. I feel like I've said it a lot last month. Um, that I wouldn't revisit it, but Krampus is one holiday horror movie that I will be revisiting. Yeah, it's a yearly for me, so obsessed with it. I love it so much, and yeah, how many bells? How many Krampus bells do you give this movie out of five? Uh, I think it's sitting at a four. Okay, exactly the same for me. Giving it a four, just because personally, I would like to see more monsters and more blood but i understand that's not what this movie's offering so she's very solid for what she's delivering honestly give me a fight scene between omi and and santa and it's 10 out of 10 but give me omi and krampus literally fighting at like pride rock in in the light like that kind of atmosphere like i need them on the side of a cliff like just Uh going at each other while fucking Jingle Bell Rock plays in the background. Oh my god, Krampus throws her off the cliff, right? And yeah. we're like, no, Omi. And then she rises because she grasped onto a random vine <laughs> that's nope. hanging off of the mountain. She flings herself. She uses it like a like a George of the Jungle vine that she swings on. And uh. Catches leverage, throws herself back onto the rock, catches Krampus by his mask, unmasks Krampus. <laughs> he hits her upside with the bell. We think she's out. <laughs> <laughs> she takes off his mask and it's the Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's <my> John God. <laughs> Cena. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, please. It's the rock. It's Dwayne Johnson. I love this whole entire thing. <laughs> no. And then you get the song. It's about drive. It's about power. <laughs> Oh my god, you know what also would be so funny is he does, Krampus throws Omi over the edge of the cliff, and we think she's dead, but then we just hear Santa ho-ho-hoing. And then- <laughs> she's, she's like standing at like, like Green Goblin does on his little, <laughs> on his little board, but she's standing on his sleigh. And it rises up. The first thing we see is Rudolph's red nose blowing through the snow, and they rise up, and Santa's there buff. And then Omi is like, prepare to get slain. <laughs> yes, you're prepared to get slain. Yes, <laughs> the best, the gasification of Omi. Santa's super buff. He's not wearing a, like a shirt at all. It's Dwayne the Rock shirt. <laughs> and Krampus, his mask the only is hair off. on his head is his beard. <laughs> and the mask gets knocked off, and uh, Krampus is Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> Out of his robe, he brings two rogue beers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, 
just starts downing them and he throws the cans at them. I love this WrestleMania fantasy. <laughs> I love it. I need it. I needed that kind of vibe. Um, Rudolph and- ends up being John Cena. Yeah, there yeah, you yeah. Go. Every single fucking reindeer, all eight of them are like a wrestler. <laughs> A famous wrestler from the WWE's heyday. Um, I'm down for this. I love it. And there's randomly a wrestling ring that pops up behind Krampus. And it rises out of the ground made out of stone. (laughs) It does. I love this moment. Okay, I love this. Oh my God, the poles can be candy canes. (gasps) Yes. Uh. The strings are strings of lights. Like the ropes <gasps> that they bounce off of. Oh my god! Are you're the fantasy. The canvas of the ring is like a just peppermint. It's all peppermint. <laughs> peppermint uh, bark breaks yes. as soon as you hit it. <laughs> oh yeah, I love it. Okay, I'm down for this. Honestly, Michael. The Doherty, gingerbread men are dressed up in like referee suits. Oh my god! Yes, yeah, so the referee. <laughs> I love it. Honestly, Michael Doherty, if you're planning a sequel for Krampus ever. We've given you, yeah, we've given you a plenty of ideas to just, you know, rev it up a little bit. Um, Honestly, trademark everything that we just said. Um, You have to pay us. Run me my money. Run us the check. (laughs) If Omi starts bicycle kicking Krampus in the sequel, I want my money. Like, I'm not joking. Right. Um. But yeah, what a great start to holiday horror month in the holiday season. I'm so excited to get into more shenanigans. Uh, These movies that we watch get crazy. uh, And I'm so excited to just continue to talk shit and have a good time. Shove a candy cane up my ass and put an ornament in my mouth because it's Christmas. Okay, work. Okay, Stormy, where can everybody find us? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the same handle at slash underscore her underscore pod. You can find us streaming on most media platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Podbean, and Spotify. <laughs> you can email us at slash at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us toward the beginning of Holiday Horror, and we hope you stick with us. Yeah, stay spooky, guys. It's spooky, everybody. Bye. Bye.